This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, here with Mario Andrade. I want to talk to you about a word that I've been intrigued with ever since I understood the meaning of the word. All right. What is it? Perspective. Okay. Okay. That's a big word, isn't it? Yeah. It's a very common word, but it's like, it has a big meaning, right? It a does. Deep meaning. It does. I remember when I was a kid, when I finally understood like what this word meant, it never left in my mind. The fact that you could see something completely differently just depending on how you're looking at it. For example, if you're standing on the sidewalk and you're looking up at a skyscraper, that thing is going to look like 20,000 times bigger than you and you're going to feel pretty small. But if you're in an airplane, you know, 20 or 30,000 feet above the skyscraper, it's going to look like a little speck. And so, I don't know, to me, that word is just, it's fascinating. It is. You're right. And I'd say that it's underestimated. Is that even how so? We don't practice that as often as we should. So it's like sometimes the meaning gets diluted in everyday speech. Exactly. Yes. What are some of your thoughts about perspective? Well, I love perspective. I really do. I, I know think. I know that you're really big about talking about um, that the mind can be really powerful, a really powerful tool if you choose to use it the right way. Yeah. Once I even spoke here at the podcast that I started a conversation with someone, so a stranger on the bus back in Brazil. And uh, I started the conversation talking about an airplane, right? Right. And how powerful our minds could be. And there was one way to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes we don't really look at things from different perspectives because we are so used to looking at things the way everyone else does. Hmm. Have you ever heard of the phrase, think outside the box? Yes. I, I think that's a pretty common one. Right. That has to do with perspective, right? It does. It does. Like, look at problem from a different perspective. Look at life from a different perspective. Think outside the box. Well, we, we probably hear that a lot in a professional environment. But we can use that in many aspects of life. And I would say, like, throughout life, we can definitely use more of a different perspective. It can apply to any area of our life. And it's so powerful that it has the ability to change how we feel about things. It can motivate us to change our behavior. If we let it, it can even alter the way that we live, depending on how we choose to look at things, the decisions we make, what we choose to prioritize and how we spend our time. I mean, it's that impactful. Absolutely. Imagine you have a, a job in Nerville to drum. Mm -hmm. Then if you already have a job, You're not as worried about it. You will look at that job interview from a different perspective of someone who's unemployed searching to be reemployed. They're going to look at it as something that they need to put more effort into. Right. Right. They're going to look into it as, a, as something that they have as an opportunity to get a better life. Right. So perspective is in our everyday life. Speaking about life. Okay. <laughs> what about perspectives on life? How does that affect the way we live? A very easy and common example is how you enjoy life. Hmm. People enjoy life in different ways. Some people are called lame because they like to be stuck inside of the house, just eating and watching a movie, right? That sounds like us. Shh. <laughs> Don't tell everyone. <laughs> But yes, it does sound like us. But some people like to travel to have fun. Some people like to have parties and get together. Entertain. Entertain. Some people have fun in different ways. 
And some people enjoy life in different ways. Some people enjoy life working. Some people leave to work. And it's perspective. And perspective has a lot to do in our decisions. Hmm. I would go even further. Perspective also can be some tool that can deceive us from our identity if we're not careful. Because our identity, who we are, is not based on what we do. We've talked about before on previous podcasts about identity, but just to reiterate, because it's such an important thing to discuss, I think, is that our identity has nothing to do with what we do or what we achieve, but it has everything to do with Christ. And since you brought up the word identity, I think that identity ties in a lot with another word, which is meaning. If you have found an identity, then you have meaning or a purpose to life. Do you think that that's heading down the right track? Yes. When you find your identity, when you find your purpose, you understand the meaning of your life. Right. And then you might even start looking at life from a different perspective. <laughs> I think I think that's right. So, okay. I have a theory, and please tell me if you agree with me or not. I think that every single person desires to find meaning or purpose in their life. Yes. You think that's true? I believe so. And I believe that every single person is willing to live and enjoy life. But sometimes because they don't find the meaning on what they're looking for, they get lost. Because they're looking from the wrong angle. So, we only get one shot at life, right? I mean, Hebrews 9.27 through 28 says, Just as people are destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sin of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. I mean, scripture says we get one shot at this life right? Yeah. So if you agree with me that everyone is searching for meaning in life and we only get one shot, wouldn't it be very important, imperative to get the right perspective on life, on your meaning? I would say so. Otherwise you would be wasting Hmm. your life. Hmm. And no one wants to waste their life because a wasted life would be a meaningless life. Exactly. I don't want to live a wasted life. I don't want to waste this one shot I have in life, I don't want to get it wrong. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, even though we do things that it's not good for ourselves at some point. I mean, we all do. We all, we're we all make we're, mistakes. We're, right. Yes. Pretty much every day. Right. What is the point of making those mistakes and not learning from them and making more and more and more? That's wastefulness. That means that you're not treating life or giving life its value, Right. Life is a valuable thing. It's so valuable that Christ paid a high price for each one of us. Check that perspective out. Right. When we realize that and start looking at life from that perspective, we start walking the path of flourishing. Yeah, I agree. Let me add a little fuel to your fire. Can I do that? Absolutely. Okay. So remembering that perspective that Christ paid a high price for us, let me add to that perspective about life and... I'm going to read Psalm 39, 4 through 6, and you tell me how you feel about your perspective on life after I read this. Okay. This is one of my favorites, okay? Okay. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. 
You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. Just to summarize in a quick recap, I would say we only have one shot at life. And that shot goes by pretty fast. That shot is nothing. In the in the span of, of all eternity, it's it's a speck. It's a breath of air. Literally a breath that just disappears. Our life is so short. And we have to understand that perspective in order for us to understand how important it is to get it right. When we're standing here looking, you know, 20 years down the road, we think, ah, oh, it's, it's God, I got some time. But it's not true. Like, it's, it goes by so fast. That's true. It's a blink. It is. It and really we have is. to realize that. It really is. And, and now imagine if you live life the way you want to live life, just because you're thinking that the way you want to live life equals freedom. Right. But it's the wrong perspective. You're being a slave to your own flesh. You're being bound by things that don't really matter. And when you stop trying to live life or look at life from your perspective, and you start looking at life throughout the scripture, through the Holy Spirit, through the power invested in us, through Jesus Christ, we start realizing that God is good and he is the one who's able to tell us how to live an abundant life. That's what he wants to give us. Yeah. And his perspective is the only one that matters, the Christ-centered perspective. 100%. So with that in mind, understanding how very short our life is, how do we make it meaningful? By surrendering, by declining our own will, by accepting that we have no idea how to live a good life, by understanding that the only one who knows and gives purpose and meaning to our lives is God. I love it. That's so true. We have to we have to come to an end of ourselves. We have to die to ourselves every day. I mean, that's the only way we're ever going to continually see the correct perspective is yes. if we choose his ways. Yes, we have to deny ourselves every day and surrender to God's will over our lives. Let me read another verse. Okay. This is I don't know if you're familiar. I mean, I know you're familiar with Ecclesiastes, but warrior, I don't know if you're familiar with Ecclesiastes. <laughs> you want to feel like despair about life? Go read that book because that book will tell you that there's nothing. There's nothing on this earth that's going to last. There's nothing on this earth that's going to fulfill any need of yours forever. Actually, the whole book is basically talking about how everything on this earth is meaningless. So that's a fun one. Um, but at the very end of Ecclesiastes... The author writes uh, something very interesting that I think attests to the meaning of life. So that's going to be in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. The final chapter, almost the final verse. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. What do you think about that? So now you have purpose. Right? Yeah. Fear God and keep his commandments. Now we know what we need to do. We need to fear God. And I want to make a parenthesis here. And I would love to encourage you, warrior, if you do not speak another language yet, 
I would love to encourage you to start learning. You never know if you're single when you're going to meet your spouse in a foreign country. That's right. And besides who that, doesn't speak English, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Besides that, I also love to read the Bible and compare both languages. Right. Because you have a Bible that has like Portuguese and English side by side. Yes. Yes. We both do actually. Right. Yeah. And on, on our Bibles, it, it's so nice to be able to understand fully. It makes it so much more clear the meaning of the verses. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't even realize how different the meaning is. So when we are able to read both verses side by side in Portuguese and in English, we actually are able to understand the in between the lines. Right. Understand better the context. Because the context is everything, right? Like if we don't get the context, we don't get the meaning. Right. And, and I mean, for example, this word fear that you just read, or we just mentioned here, fear God in Portuguese, the word is temor. Temor is different than medo. Both of those words are translated to fear in English. Right. Right. And when we say temor, which is the case of this verse, we're talking about an attitude of awe, worshipful, reverent, the desire to learn more about his awesomeness and all powerfulness to give him the respect and the worship he is owed. It's to be in awe, it's reverence. It's completely different than be afraid of him. Right. Because God wants us to be close to him. God's a loving God. He invites us to be in his presence. He wants to be with us. That is a big thing that we need to understand. God's a loving God. And when we understand those things, it makes it easier for us to understand the context and the meaning. Just to, like, I want to further your point, too, with, with some scripture. There's a lot of examples throughout scripture, and I'll just give a few, where whenever God appears to someone and uh, is speaking to them or through a vision or a dream or, or whatever, he says, do not be afraid. So... I think that goes to show that it's not a, like you said, an afraid. We don't want to have an afraid attitude of God. Like to Abraham in Genesis 15, 1, he says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your great shield and your very reward. Then to Isaac in Genesis 26, 24, the Lord says, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will bless you and increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. And to Joshua in uh, Joshua 8, 1, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai. For I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. I mean, those are just some examples of whenever God tells his children, do not be afraid. He doesn't want us to be afraid of him. But the attitude rather is of, like you said, reverence, worship, awe. We need to understand the context of that in order... Um, to fully understand that verse right. that we just read. Exactly. Now that we have the correct perspective on the first part of that verse, fearing God. I want to talk about the second part, which is keeping his commandments. So there's an example in scripture when Jesus talks about the greatest commandment. If you could please read for me Matthew 22, 36 through 40. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. There you go. The meaning of life. When you make loving and fearing God your only purpose in life, then everything else falls into place. Absolutely, because you start recognizing that he is the one and only one who knows exactly what we need. Because he's the one who designed us. We have been talking about this a lot. And that is with one purpose. It's with the purpose of us understanding and memorizing and embracing this truth that God is the one who designed us from the beginning. He designed everything. So he knows exactly what we need in order to have an abundant life. Because the only thing we need to do now is understand that truth and embrace that truth and live that truth. And now we need to step forward and recognize that God is our Lord and Savior. And because of him, we're able to live a meaningful life. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.